Come on in to Margaret McSweeney's Kitchen for Kitchen Chat, where every week you'll meet chefs, cookbook authors, foodies, gourmets, and just plain people who love to eat. And along with laughter, chat, recipes, and stories about food, you'll sometimes also hear words of inspiration, love, and hope. As Margaret always says, Kitchen Chat is food for the senses and food for the soul. So grab a cup of coffee, put your feet up on a comfy chair, and get ready to spend a little time with Margaret and her friends. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kitchen Chat. This is your host, Margaret McSweeney, and I am just delighted you're joining me here in my kitchen in the suburbs. And we have a special sweet treat today for a guest. I know that many, many, many of you follow Jessica Merchant of How Sweet Eats, her wonderful blog, and on Twitter, her Twitter handle is at How Sweet Blog. So, I can't wait to hear all about her new cookbook, Seriously Delish, 150 Recipes for People Who Totally Love Food, and that's all of us, of course. So let's welcome Jessica Merchant to Kitchen Chat. Welcome, Jessica. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, this is great. I just kept turning the pages of your beautiful book, which is <laughs> seriously delicious. I wanted to pick up the food from the pages. They are yummy. <laughs> with a oh, thank y. you. Oh, it's just like you're sitting here talking with us in the introductions. <laughs> she said, so hi. <laughs> you start off with, so hi. I put things in a book for you. Where should we start? It's just like, sitting down with a cup of coffee as we <laughs> turn the pages. So what was your inspiration for, for writing the book? The biggest inspiration for writing the book, and this may sound a little crazy, is like the readers for my website. I mean, I love books. I am a total book junkie in general. You know, there's no better feeling to me than walking into like a library or a bookstore. And, you know, I don't even, I don't even like to read books electronically because I just love that feeling of a book in my hand. Right. But I really have always wanted to write fiction. Oh. And I love fiction, but I, but I also love to write in general. Mm-hmm. So back when I started my blog, I wanted to write a cookbook maybe in 2009, 2010. And that idea actually passed for me because I was loving blogging so much and I was writing every day and I was doing what I loved. I was cooking, I was sharing my best recipes on the internet and getting to write every day and do yeah. you know what I want. Right. I hate saying it, but I got there were, I had so many requests for a cookbook, you know, mm-hmm. and I can understand it cuz I like to hold the tangible book in my hand as well, but I was also like Guys, like, I'm putting my best recipes on the internet for free. Why do you want a book? (laughs) You know, eventually, though, I love my readers and the community on my website. And that's really the inspiration that I had behind wanting to put, you know, some of my favorite recipes down on the the written page instead of the internet, you know. Exactly. So it's a one-stop place in hard print, which is great. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, and I love, too, how you carry, um, you know, from the the blog, like, it's great. It just really seems like you're sitting right there with all of us talking, and and I love that in your latest post about (laughs) how you wish you could snuggle under the layers of the... (laughs) 
<laughs> of the cheese or whatever it was that you were <laughs> making yeah. whatever dish and, and because you just got a new king size bed or something how you're tying food <laughs> we did into... <laughs> it's wonderful <laughs> it's great how you just tie food into everyday life and just the heart of the home and everything it's it's so much fun but you bring that same you know just we're sitting right down and chatting um into your cookbook you know and i as i said when starting off with so hi you know you just have that conversation <laughs> i love it you have the conversation like in the kitchen with the readers Thank but you. also giving some great ideas and tips and and i just love how you you really put things together that i wouldn't you know ingredients that oh i never thought of putting that together <laughs> you know it's, uh, yeah so like butternut squash soup with cinnamon toast croutons that's yeah oh it's I, one of my favorites and as we go in fall I'm like dying to make it I'm like want to make it right now I just love it and then this grilled watermelon salad with baby kale and burrata I, I just what inspires you with creating the dishes I have to know how do you come up with oh I'm going to combine this ingredient with that I have a few different inspirations behind my recipe development. One is like straight up boredom. <laughs> you know, I get very bored with food and I, I love all food. I love to eat. Yes. Um, and I love trying different things. I'd say that that's probably the biggest thing is I want to always make something different. I'm always looking for the best. Like you can give me the best brownie recipe and tell me it's the best brownie recipe and I'll probably make it for when I need a reliable brownie recipe for a party, but I'm still going to go out and look for an even better one. You know, it's just like how my mind is wired because I'm just always looking for, you know, something new and maybe that's part of being the internet generation. I'd say boredom is definitely one of them. Um, I know this sounds crazy. I really find inspiration in everyday life and what I've discovered over these five years of blogging it didn't hit me until later, is I think that I, luckily, have a somewhat relatable palette. Yes. So I think, you know, blogging has been a struggle because everybody, there's so many blogs and the market is saturated and you're, you want to make something new. So a lot of times, you know, bloggers come up with these crazy concoctions and they can just be, you know, disgusting because you're like <laughs> trying to be like super creative and let me pair kale with chocolate or, you know, something like that. <laughs> so, of course, I have many recipe fails and I certainly don't expect, you know, everyone to love the things that I like. But what I've learned over these majority of years is that I think the things that I put together is fairly relatable, you know, maybe maybe it's like an unoriginal palette or just a relatable <laughs> palette is what I call it. But people tend to like, you know, those flavors as well. And then in general, I find most of my inspiration probably from meals out, you know, restaurants, some of my favorite restaurants, even if it's not a meal I order, you know, after I read the menu. Maybe I see like three or four things on there that look delicious, but I can only, I'm only going to order one. Right. And I think like, you know, I'll pop the other two like ideas into my phone and think I want to create something with these flavors. Yes. Oh, well, that is great to know the sources of your inspiration. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's kind of all over the place, but. <laughs> and, and I love too how Reed Drummond describes your new book. She said, I'll say it again. This is a glorious cookbook. So this is rave <laughs> review. 
<laughs> so this is great. And and I love too how you really are encouraging the readers to to maybe go out of their comfort box in terms of what their typical palette might be. I mean, I love this lemon almond tilapia with coconut macaroon rice. Yeah, I think and that's one of like the biggest takeaways from the book is that I want, because this is how I learn to cook. I'm completely self-taught and, you know, mom-taught and mm-hmm. grandma-taught. Sure. You know, I think it's important to know that you can almost make any recipe your own. That's what I want people to take away from the book is more so inspiration for recipes. Mm-hmm. You know, if they want to add something, if they think of another flavor that they love with that lemon tilapia, you know, add it in there and try it. And I think it's important to just get in the kitchen and test things out and trial and error. And that's how you learn to cook. That's how you, you know, that's how you become a cook and that's how you teach yourself. Right. So. Right. Another one that popped from the pages and every page will pop of these 150 <laughs> delicious recipes, <laughs> but the pretty prosciutto and fig toast with fall coming up. That is a lovely, lovely thing. Where did this recipe come from? <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the sweet and the savory together. Anything sweet and savory, you know, always always gets me. That's probably my fate. Like, I, you know, I love to indulge and I love desserts. I definitely have what I call sweet teeth. But I'm definitely more of a cook because I don't like to follow directions as much when it comes to baking. And, right. you know, I like to throw my own ingredients into, you know, savory dishes more often than baking. So, you know, the inspiration from that just came from my love for sweet and savory foods. And I love anything on toast. You know, just give me something on toast and I'm sold <laughs> and figs. Here in Pennsylvania, we don't get many great ones and we Aww. don't get them for an extended period of time. So when we do get them, I just go, you know, crazy trying to right. figure out what I compare them with. What's my favorite thing to pair them with? I love to put them on cheese plates and they're just so delicious. Oh, that does sound yummy. And I love what you're doing with the plum. I never thought about a grilled plum with toasted thyme crumble. I think it also comes down to I love anything. I love anything grilled, but okay. probably the majority of that inspiration was I was developing recipes in the summer. And I'm like, what oh. can I throw on the grill? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I also have like a, gr- a whole grilled fruit salsa. Again, I think it's part of like the whole sweet and savory. Okay. Um, you know, grilled fruit obviously is still sweet, but with that grilling, you have a little bit of smoky flavor. I like to keep things simple, but maybe make them taste like they're a little bit more complicated or maybe make it seem like more work went into it than it really did. <laughs> you know, like the, the plums with the toasted crumble, you know, can be made in under 30 minutes. But it makes for like a pretty presentation and it just makes for something different that people wouldn't think of. So if you'd like to serve them to guests, you know, right. for dessert, it's just a fun thing. And so I, I'm just curious, how do you grill such a delicate fruit? Can you give us some, some grilling tips? <laughs> Here's what I find when it comes to grilling fruits. And I feel like it's the complete opposite is what, and, and you know, it may even be wrong, but what it's what works for me. Yeah. It's the opposite of what you would think is, I think it's important to find a fruit that is not super ripe yet. Oh, okay. So, you know, by gr- I mean, it's almost the same as if you're going to, like, caramelize a banana or a peach in a skillet. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to be, you know, at its, at its peak ripeness because it's almost, like, just going to melt. 
right. and dissolve it when, you know, once it hits that heat. So I do find that it's important when you grill fruit, try to find a fruit that's definitely not underripe, but isn't is it isn't overripe, you know, or yes, isn't it's right. peak ripeness. And you can also use a lot of people use um, you know, grilling pans where it that definitely helps with like the delicateness. It it depends on the presentation if you want. If you use a grilling pan, you might not get those pretty little grill marks for right. serving that you know are important when you're photographing food for a, a book or a website, but you can still get the flavor. Yes. So there's always a couple options. Oh, that does sound good. And you also have a wonderful section called Lighten Up for those, <laughs> you know, who are counting a bit of calories or whatever. And can you share a little bit about that section and, and some sure. of Sure. So lightened up for me, and sometimes I take some heat on this, but <laughs> lightened up for me, desserts are still desserts, and I don't like to consider it just fruit. You know, to mm-hmm. me, to me, if you're going to have fruit, that, that's fruit. That's an extension of your meal. Right, and it it right. can be dessert, but it's not, you know, if I want a slightly lightened up dessert, I might still use butter, but maybe I'm going to use like an oat flour or a whole grain flour. Or I'm going to use coconut oil instead of butter. And just, you know, some of the ingredients might be trendy, but they may be overall slightly better for your health. Mm-hmm. So you still feel like you're getting to eat. One of my favorite recipes in that section is the um, blueberry bundt cake. Oh, because it, it's made with holy pastry flour and it just, you know, has this blueberry glaze. And it's definitely still a cake and it's certainly still, you know, not the healthiest thing you can eat <laughs> overall. But it's slightly better than, you know, your butter-laden, all-purpose flour, you know, bundt cake. You know, just some little tweaks to lighten up some of my favorite comfort foods. Once again, putting and pairing the interesting ingredients and giving them a fun name, the vanilla... And with a B, <laughs> vanilla with a B, right. vanilla, <laughs> pumpkin. <laughs> that was so interesting to, to see Banana, that. Banana, vanilla, and pumpkin. Yes. <laughs> Such unique pairings and fun. You're really making food fun and introducing a variety of ingredients and making them, you know, relatively easy for a home cook to prepare and share with family and friends. I just love that. I love that. But Thank you. That's definitely one of my goals, to make it fun and not intimidating and, you know, not take anything too seriously. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I, once again, I was reading this late at night, and I, maybe I dreamed this, <laughs> but did I see a recipe for chocolate chip cookies with potatoes, or did I dream that one up? That I have a recipe for chocolate chip cookies with potato chips on my blog. Okay, that's <laughs> not, where not I in must the book, have, not, not in the book, book but in the blog. <laughs> that's right. Can you tell right. did you share with us about that recipe <laughs> too? I, I posted that recipe about two weeks ago, mainly because I'm pregnant and I, I think that was like my first pregnancy oh, <laughs> my first pregnancy <laughs> craving. You know, I was like, I want cookies, I want chewy cookies, but I want these like crispy kettle cook chips and what's going to happen oh. if I put the chips in the cookies and <laughs> it definitely yielded like a wonderful chewy cookie. Oh, I love that. And when, really neat. And congratulations. When are you due? Thank you. I am due the middle of December. Oh, that is wonderful. So, yeah, Aww. we're creeping up on it. <laughs> so maybe a baby cookbook <laughs> will be in the near maybe. future we'll too. 
<laughs> It'll be fun to see how you adapt some of these uh, recipes and, and, and with the baby right. food. Oh, that is so fun. And, and I just love, too, how you have such a wonderful following of uh, readers with your blog and everything. Can you share just a little bit about your great readers? Yeah, I absolutely love my readers. It is like my number one inspiration and goal behind blogging and doing this and the encouragement that they've given me and I'm just I'm just so grateful to them because they've truly changed my life. Having these readers has allowed me to, you know, make this a career and make this, you know, my full time job and it's something I'm just so grateful for because without them this whole thing wouldn't exist for me. So I do my best to, you know, make them the number one priority, which it's definitely difficult as, you know, sites grow because you're never going to please everybody and you're never wow. going to, you know, keep everybody happy. So, and I'm a, definitely a, a people pleaser by nature. I'm a firstborn child. So it's Aww. like, the, I'm like your typical firstborn, but I love the community that we've, you know, created on my site. And I have people that I've spoke with back and forth for five years now. You know, it's wonderful. I wish that I had more time, you know, to dedicate to, like, keeping the conversation going and, you know, spending time with those readers virtually. And they're truly, like, the reason behind why I do this all. I have a bunch of Internet friends. Yeah, it's it's like a social media. Yeah, a social media family. It's it is. Great. It they, is. they become such a special part of it, and and they, along with so many others, are going to to really enjoy your seriously delish 150 recipes for people who totally love food cookbook. And also, listeners, you are going to be so impressed. You took these pictures, right, Jessica? You were I the did photographer. Take the I am so. I did. It's I did. Beautifully done. Beautifully oh, done. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you so much. So listeners, I will definitely put a link to her book and also give you a chance to win a copy of this new fun cookbook. So keep an eye on my Facebook page and Twitter on how that can happen. And definitely visit Jessica at HowSweetEats.com and follow her on at HowSweetBlogs and pick up a copy of her new Seriously Delish cookbook. Jessica, thank you so much for being on Kitchen Thank you so much. Oh, and listeners, as you go through your busy, busy day, just remember, take a moment and savor the day. Thanks for joining Margaret for Kitchen Chat today. Margaret would be so excited for you to drop by and visit with her at kitchenchat.info, where you'll enjoy podcasts, blogs, recipes, tips from chefs, and even great giveaways. She invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories, too. As Margaret always says, savor the day chefs and even great giveaways she invites you to share your recipes and kitchen stories too as margaret always says savor the day